This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. Every year around this time, our friends at the Upper Ohio Valley Building and Construction Trades Council uh, sponsor a series of interviews with candidates uh, for the upcoming offices in the November election. Uh, most of them are statewide offices, some of the local offices. And because it's sponsored by the Upper Ohio Valley Building Construction Trades, we tend to focus on, on labor issues. And Bob, uh, I don't think you were with us the last couple of years, so Bob Slider. Uh, I, I don't think they trust me. They always send a minder, like someone to make sure I, I follow, I stay in line, you know. They always send like a union guy to make sure that make sure Monroe does the right thing, you know. So I, we've got the minders in the studio, right? Kyle is here, so uh, be on your best behavior. <laughs> Kyle is here. Kyle Call is with us uh, this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. You're just the minder. You're just here to make sure I, I do things right. Is that right, Kyle? I suppose that's what I'm here to do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lifelong resident of the Ohio Valley. Uh, you've been with um, the uh, uh, what union? Which of the unions are you with? Construction I'm, trades? Yeah, I'm with Labor's Local 1149. We're here in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, we cover Ohio, Marshall, and Wetzel counties in West Virginia, as long as well as uh, Belmont County in Ohio. What got you into the uh, into the union trade? What what prompted you to look to, uh, that way for your career? Well, I'll be honest with you, I. Uh, wasn't going to be able to support a family on the uh, the income I was making prior to it. So I had some family that was already in the labors, um, saw what it was doing for them. I joined the apprenticeship, and, uh, you know, things have been good since then. I got through the apprenticeship, uh, became a journeyman, uh, ended up becoming a job steward, and uh, did that for a little while. And the last couple of years I've been working as the field rep. You feel like the union is important to you? Oh, very much so. I can tell you for certain <laughs> I would not be where I was without the union, the uh, the medical insurance, uh, the quality of life it's provided for my family is just, uh, I don't know that I could match it outside of the union. Here in the Upper Ohio Valley, uh, in West Virginia in general, for years and years and years, we were a very big union state, as has happened across the country. Unions have fallen into disfavor a bit, although I came across a new Gallup poll this week, Kyle. Uh, that says that the support for unions by the average American public has gone up. Uh, 71% of Americans now say they support the idea of the union. doesn't mean they're members of the union, but they support the idea of the union. Uh, so I think that's, it says something. I, you know, the unions have had uh, downtime, but they continue to show their solidarity throughout all of this, and I think the public responds to that and recognizes that uh, unions are valuable uh, in the workforce. Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, people are sick of being taken advantage of, and they want to have a voice. Eric Hayhurst would like to be part of that voice. He's running for the state senate here in West Virginia. We've talked to Eric before, and I'm glad he's back with us again. Eric, good morning. How important are labor issues to you, to your candidate, and to the state? Good morning, Howard and, and Kyle and, and Bob. I uh, appreciate you having me on again. Uh, labor issues are central to my campaign. Uh, that is one of the biggest reasons I got in this race. Um, there has been a war on workers from the Republican supermajority uh, of the legislature in Charleston for the last um, five, six years. Start with prevailing wage, right to work, uh, being um uh, laws passed on those issues. Uh, and then um, last session, we saw incredibly uh, this Republican supermajority try to reduce unemployment uh, 
weeks, from 26 weeks to 12 weeks. Uh, let me explain why that's important to folks like Kyle. When you're in a, a trade, a union, um, as many folks out there know, that work can be seasonal. Uh, you get, have six, seven good months out of the year, and then you have three or four bad months in the winter when work can be sparse. And these folks depend, like Kyle raising a family, on that unemployment uh, uh money to be there during those off seasons laborers uh, boilermakers come to mind uh, very seasonal work or temporary work jobs that they're on uh, and this legislature tried to cut the rug out from under them with that unemployment luckily uh, that was um, stopped but i have no doubt this this republican supermajority will bring it up again and again until they uh, try to do that so that's one thing another issue that this uh, republican supermajority tried to get through there's a cause of action in West Virginia, uh, a lawsuit that can be brought uh, by workers if they're maimed severely injured when their employer shirks stated known safety laws uh, in, in West Virginia or federal uh, laws. It's called deliberate intent. Um, the, and it's a cause of action that's recognized in most states in the country. Uh, this Republican supermajority brought a bill up to, to entirely do away with that cause of action. I was fortunate in my career as a lawyer to represent the uh, widows of a big branch mine disaster. Uh, those widows would not have recovered from Massey Energy, a company that uh, absolutely turned their nose to MSHA safety laws without that law. And that's what this supermajority intended to do. So I'm, I'm, the big reason I got in this race was to go to Charleston and, and counter the fight against the war against workers that's being waged by this supermajority. It is fascinating to me that last thing you talked about, and I followed that story uh, in the, in the, during the legislature. By, its, by the definition of the law, it is deliberate intent. I know that there was sort of an effort made to confuse it and say, well, you know, but what if people just make an honest mistake and should they be held accountable? No, no, this was for people, this was designed to say if someone deliberately flaunts the law or regulations, deliberately creates an unsafe environment when they knew better, they should be allowed to be held accountable. Why would anybody think that that is not? I mean, why would any common sense person, forget liberal, Democrat, right wing, left wing, why would any liberal, per, why would any, any common sense thinking person think there's something wrong with that? If a company, a business, a corporation deliberately doesn't do what it knows it should do to keep you safe. Why shouldn't you be allowed to bring a cause of action? I don't get it, Eric. I don't either, Howard, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm in this race. I, you know, the the reasoning we got uh, was that and it was really led by the timber industry, and they were tired of paying high insurance premiums. Uh, I guess is, is their was their reasoning. Well, you know. Uh, so I point, you know, go ahead. No, so am I. I mean, we're all tired of paying high insurance premiums. Yeah. It's, it's right. just, it's uh, just a reality these yeah. days. And, and, and so the, the issue there uh, is that, you know, because they were paying a little bit more in insurance premiums and a very, it's a very difficult and, and dangerous profession. Timber industry it always has been, uh, by the way, one of the reasons we have the safety laws we have in this country is because of unions. Uh, you know, after the Chicago shirt uh, factory fire and on all those, we were able to, the unions uh, came together and forced uh, Congress to, to pass uh, OSHA, the OSHA laws. Uh, we have MSHA laws because of uh, uh, 
you know, unions. By the way, another bill that was presented by this legislature, super Republican supermajority, was a, a bill to gut mine safety laws. They, they, they called it the Mine Safety Act or some, some, something like that. But really what it did was it gutted the West Virginia Office of Miners Safety and Health. Uh, you know, they're, they're absolutely pro-coal down there, but they're not pro-coal miner. Uh, and that's what I want to go and, and change. That's a really important distinction, Eric. That I think maybe you and I talked about it previously. I know I've talked about it a lot on this show. We we sing the song, you know, coal is West Virginia, and the announcers tell us that we're supposed to support coal and get behind coal, and that's all well and good. But I think we forget there's a distinction between being pro-coal business, pro-coal company, and pro-coal miner. I think most of the state, most people in the state would say they're, you know, coal mining is West Virginia, coal miners are West Virginia. But it's the miners we ought to be thinking of, and very often legislation pits the miner against the company. It, coal is not all one big monolithic uh, uh, whatever thing moving forward. Miners, companies have different concerns. Absolutely, and I think that's true. You know, throughout industry, um, you know, workers uh, versus. Uh, company uh, have some different interests. Obviously, the company's job is to make the most money it can. The worker's job is to earn the most money it can. Those two things, by you know, in, in and themselves, are not congruous. Uh, and that's where unions really come into play. Collective bargaining is very important for workers uh, to be able to earn, you know, what they deserve. Uh, companies wouldn't make the money without the workers that they have. Look at Starbucks. We've seen a, uh, a large number of the uh, Starbucks uh, stores around the country start unionizing and overwhelmingly vote for unionizing because they're tired, like Kyle said, of being taken advantage of and earning low wages when the company is profiting by billions of dollars every year. Um, you know, we have corporations around the country uh, who have put a lot of money into union busting, and there's a reason for that. It's because they know when, when the union comes, uh, they're going to have to pay a fair wage uh, for to the workers, not just wages, but benefits, insurance, uh, health care, and other types of insurance, uh, uh, family paid leave, very important. Uh, we talk about, you know, the right likes to talk about families a lot. Well, it's hard to raise a family when you have to work 80 hours a week uh, to, to make a, 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 you know, a living wage to be able to raise a family uh, and then not have the time to be able to take uh, when a family member is sick or a kid has an important school or, or sporting event uh, to get to. Um, you know, we talk a lot about that on the right, but we don't want to, uh, uh, or the right talks about it, I should say, a lot, but they don't want to do the things necessary uh, to, to actually uh, accomplish what they talk about. You know, it's interesting in West Virginia, though, that the unions have stayed pretty strong. I mean, their membership has been down. I think it's rebounding a bit now. And, uh, but when, when an issue comes forward, the unions gather together down in Charleston and certainly make their voice heard. Um, and and I think there's still a, a huge amount of, I don't want to use fear is not the right word, uh, respect, a great deal of respect that legislators, even those from the other side of the aisle, um, have for the, the power of unions in this state. Absolutely, and I think, you know, Kyle can attest to that, uh, and he did a little bit in his, in his opener. Um, 
that unions are powerful because when you when you take a collective, when you take a group of people who are necessary, uh, these folks, particularly laborers, boilermakers, uh, you know, operators, all of the folks. Um, and by the way, I've, I've been privileged to be endorsed by by these unions, the Upper Ohio Valley, Upper Ohio Valley Building Trades Council, AFL, CIO, Teamsters. Uh, UMWA, IBEW, these unions recognize my fervor to go represent them. And that's what the unions do. They represent individuals. They represent the workers uh, of West Virginia uh, and, um, you know, take their voice to the people that need to hear it. Uh, They organize, they work hard to uh, demonstrate that the individuals, Individual workers, West Virginia workers, are important. They need to be heard, uh, and their issues are um, as important as, you know, the the big corporation that has millions of dollars to spread around in campaign donations. Uh, So unions are extremely important. They've always been important in this country, and and they continue to be. And as you said, their popularity is growing, and, and I think their membership is growing, too. It is interesting, the supermajority in West Virginia, when they first took control, bill number one, bill number one was the right-to-work bill, an anti-worker bill. Um, And I think bill number two was uh, prevailing wage, which was also an anti-worker bill, basically. What we've discovered over the years now, since those have been in effect, is they haven't done a damn bit of good. Pardon my language. They haven't done any good. We're not seeing that. Remember, I don't know if you remember, Eric, but... The claim was if we were to get rid of prevailing wage, why we would be able to to have construction projects in the state five times as many for the same cost because the prevailing wage would help to bring these people's greed down. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way at all. And the attack on workers just is just just plain didn't work. It's also interesting to me, Eric, um, and we can shift to another section here for a minute. In the, the first year out, the the Republican-led legislature worked very hard, very aggressively at labor bills, working rights, working men and women's rights. They have adjusted a little bit in the past year or two to focus more on education, although that, too, is a working person's issue. Uh, But they focus more on education, which is a a big issue you'll have to deal with if you are elected to the uh, legislature uh, this fall. Yeah, and that's issue uh, number two for me uh, as well is education. I'm a product of public education. I went to Valley High School down in Pine Grove, went to WD, which is a public institution. Uh, All my degrees are from public schools, uh, and they're near and dear to my heart. Uh, In West Virginia, what the Republican supermajority is selling, uh, again, they sell a bill of goods to the people of West Virginia about all these rights. You mentioned right to work, mentioned prevailing wage. Uh, you know, all those issues, it, it, it's a bill of goods. They, they, they talk a, a lot, say what great things are going to happen, but in reality, it's just it's just a ploy to get more money uh, to private business, to private entities, to corporations. Uh, same thing is happening with the uh, charter school bill and the Hope Scholarship. The charter school bill, they, they passed this bill, uh, which would – allow charter schools in counties that the county boards board of education and the uh, state board of education approve them uh and then um but they're not regulated uh you anybody could really tr- start a charter school without guidelines without um 
really, you know, any safety guidelines of the school building, things of that nature. Uh, and then the Hook Scholarship, uh, they tell you, well, you can take the money that the, the state aid formula, it's like $4,000. You can take that money and go, uh, that we'll give that to you so your child can go to a, pub, to a private school. A couple of problems with that. There aren't that many private schools in West Virginia. Uh, in fact, they're reducing in number, not growing. Uh, the other problem with that is that $4,000 isn't enough to cover the tuition for most, if not all, private schools in the state of West Virginia. So you're still going to have to come up with several thousand dollars a year to send your child to, public, to, to uh, private school. My parents could not have done that. Uh, I, a lot of folks I know could not have done that. Uh, instead of tearing down our public institutions, which is, which is what the, the state legislature is doing, they're taking millions of dollars away from our public schools. We should be keeping that money and providing more money to public schools so we have the best public schools that we possibly can in, in this state. The way you build an economy for all workers is you have an educated workforce, uh, among other things. But an educated workforce is very important. And, and big business that wants to come in here, uh, that's one thing they look at. Uh, they look at uh, are, uh, are the, uh, is the workforce uh, good enough, educated enough to be able to work in this industry. One thing I, I would just say, it's anecdotal, but if you notice all the new businesses that are coming into the state, where are they being placed? They're not being placed in central West Virginia. They're being placed in, on the borders and out in the panhandle, the new, new course spot down in Mason County, which is right on the Ohio border. They're doing that because they're not sure they have enough uh, educated and, and uh, workforce in the state, but they have to be close to other states to attract other people. We need to stop that. And, and I'll say one other thing about the new core project. We had got a lot of promises from that. In fact, I was just reading an article before we got on the air today about how the, the CEO promised that this would employ a lot of West Virginians. Well, as Kyle and, and the unions can tell you, the construction jobs, guess where those went? They went to out-of-state companies. They're going to employ out-of-state workers. Uh, that's something that this, again, the Republican supermajority likes to will tell you a lot, but they don't back it up. And if I'm if I go down there, I'm going to make sure that when new businesses come in, and we get particularly when we give them tax breaks and use public money to help them come here, we should keep those jobs in West Virginia and give them to West Virginians. There should be a requirement of that. I mean, if we're going, you're going to take our tax dollars. You need to to guarantee that our people are going to be employed. Um, and I've often said, yeah, we have to broaden that out a little bit. If you come to the northern panhandle, uh, we can't say everybody has to be a West Virginian because we're, you know, right across the river. But it's got to be at least a geographical area helping people around here. Um, Eric, it, it seems to me that uh, from watching uh, the news, looking at your Facebook and your other social media, it seems like you've been uh, kicking into pretty high gear on your campaigning lately. Uh, I have, Howard. I've been working really hard, put, uh, you know, uh, 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 putting a lot of sweat and, and, and elbow grease into it. It's, you know, it's a, it's a tough, West Virginia is tough right now. Uh, we have a tough political climate in West Virginia and, and really around the country. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm a Democrat and, and I believe in the Democrat, you know, uh, uh, ideals of representing individuals, workers, uh, and, and, and that. But I've, I've got to get my message out to, to folks because, 
Um, it's tough for a Democrat in West Virginia right now, and I understand that. Um, and, but I'm not trying to bring national issues into it. The legislature, in my mind, uh, is there to solve the uh, bread and butter issues, education, infrastructure, uh, you know, do these things like, uh, you know, work, the worker issues that, that in my mind should not be political. Uh, and um, so trying to get my message out there and getting around the district. It's a large district, as we discussed the last time I was on. Uh, so it you know takes some time and some miles, but, but I'm willing to put that in. And, and I promise the people of the second district that they entrust me with their vote. Uh, I will continue to work hard for them in the legislature. People who want to get more information about your campaign, about your issues, and so on, can find that online. It is Hayhurst4WV.com, right? That's correct, yep. And it's a good way for people to learn more about the issues and about the uh, – and if you wanted to volunteer or make a donation or what have you, but uh, at least learn more about uh, about Eric's efforts here. Eric, I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thank you very much. We might talk again before the election. In the meantime, uh, you know, keep up the good work. Kyle, any final thoughts from you there in our studio? Yeah, I'd just like to add that uh, if anybody's looking for a career, pretty much all of the local trades are looking for apprentices right now. So if you know anybody or you yourself are looking for a you know good opportunity to improve your future, uh, we're looking for people. You know, we were talking, not to draw this out, but we were talking a good bit this past week about student loan forgiveness and how many people are so deeply in debt for uh, their college education. Uh, and I believe that for many, many people, college is the right way to go. But I think so often we do forget, you know, going to the construction trades or any of the trades is, um, uh, first place, you generally don't have to go into debt for it. And secondly, uh, you, you, you can kind of jump in and start working pretty much right away. You go through your apprenticeship and so on. But, um, I mean, it, it is an option that more and more kids, I say kids, they're all kids to me, I'm sorry. But more and more young people ought to, ought to think about, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot of great opportunities out there. And there is uh, there are opportunities right now. Hey, Kyle, thank you for uh, coming along and being the minder. And, Eric, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Again, we'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate both of you uh, coming by this morning. Have yourself a great day, both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Howard. All right. It's 36, 24 till the hour. This segment has been brought to you by the Upper High Valley Building Construction <laughs> Trades. Next week we'll do it again. I don't have my full list yet. Uh, eventually I have a complete list of all the candidates who are coming by so I can tell you who's coming and when. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that we'll have another candidate here with us on uh, on th- a Wednesday of next week. Listen to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.